This episode is sponsored by Rock That Gem, beautiful handcrafted gemstone jewelry. Visit them at rockthatgem.com and use coupon code SMUGFILM for 10% off your order. Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today is Jenna Ipkar. Hello. And live via Skype all the way from Kansas City is Chloe Peltier. Hi. Chloe writes for the site. She's written a bunch of cool pieces. She wrote a great one about Phenomena, the Argento movie, and talking about the metal music and that. And she's written about Tiny Furniture, a bunch of others. She's real good. We're glad to have her. Yeah. And she works at Alamo Drafthouse. What do you do there? You're a server? Uh, yeah, I just uh, bring people stuff, basically, and like talk to them about movies in between. Yeah, just... I've never been. Jenna, you've never been either, right? No, I've been to Nighthawk in Brooklyn, which is a similar model. They have like nice food, and you have these servers who come in with drinks and alcohol. But I've never actually ordered. I don't never. Yeah, I'm, I don't really want to eat a, like a full meal while I'm right. watching. Like popcorn, even popcorn, I'll eat before the movie starts. Right. Typically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we I don't have like a big one here. We have like, like you said, Nighthawk. I mean, we were supposed to get Alamo. At some yeah, point. Yeah, Alamo is, uh, I think, 2015. It was going to be earlier, but actually it might even be 2016. But it was going to be earlier, but now they're going to do one in Brooklyn and one in Manhattan. Ooh. Right now they have one in Yonkers. I ain't um, going to no Yonkers. Right, yeah, that's way too far. <laughs> we ain't doing <laughs> no... I was I was thinking of like transferring there or something and I like looked it up and Yonkers looks boring as hell, man. I don't want to live there. Yeah, nobody's going to Yonkers. So like... Are you eating on like tables and stuff? Like, I don't even understand the layout of the place now that I think of it. Well, in ours, we have like three theaters upstairs and three downstairs. And in the upstairs ones, it's like, it's almost better for dating upstairs because there's like a table that two people share. But downstairs, it's like one big long row like table where it's just one plank kind of in front of the entire row. It's like the Last Supper. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what's like the messiest, most elaborate thing you can order on the menu the thing where like you order it and everybody next to you is like pissed off at you they're like oh no like you know like at like chinese restaurants there's always like that sizzling dish where like they bring it out on like the black thing and it's like still cooking and everybody's looking around and it's like what the fuck did that guy just get like is there equivalent of that at alamo that everybody just gets pissed off I kind of wish because it would be hilarious, but no, we don't have anything like that. But although I do remember, like, because I was listening to um, you guys' like podcast about movie theaters to like kind of refresh my memory so that I could um, talk about whatever. And um, I always thought it was funny how when you guys were talking about having food in a movie theater, you were like, well, what if there's a fly in your soup? And I was like, why would we have soup at a movie theater? You guys <laughs> don't have soup? Well, we, that's the funny thing is we used to not have soup when when you did that podcast. Oh, okay. I wanted to like yell at you guys and be like, why would there be soup? That would be stupid. And now there's uh, soup. But now there's soup. So not and just you're not the only one there that's listening to the podcast. Somebody higher up probably heard <laughs> it and was like, you know what? Soup. Yeah. The Tim, quietest of foods. Tim League, founder of Alamo Draft House, is listening. In What's his said, name again? Tim League. Tim League. Shout out yeah. to Tim for listening to my suggestion. <laughs> Send you a rock, you know, Tim. You're welcome, Tim. I didn't get I didn't get your thank you card in the mail, but I'll expect it shortly, of course. So wait, so you have soup now? 
We have a special called the kale and white bean soup. That sounds like something I would get. I know. It's the fucking Cody Clark soup. Like, like and, and we don't have anything else like that. We don't have, everything else is like Royale with cheeseburger and like, like, you know, the classic, like. Like bacon. very Midwestern. Very Midwestern or like carnivore pizza. It's like a pizza just covered in meat. And then all of a sudden we come out with it's like kale and white bean soup. Dude. Be- that's definitely for you, Cody. Dude, that's what? a shout out if I ever heard one. Yeah. It's delicious. I had it. I was like making fun of it. I was like, this is so stupid. And then like I tried it and I was like, this is great. I mean, it makes <laughs> sense as like a, a food to eat if you don't want to disturb people because, you know, you're just sipping quietly. When I watched Interstellar, I had that and lavender tea, which also sounds like you would have. Lavender tea? That's good. That's yes. tasty. <laughs> Are you sure there isn't one of these in Brooklyn? <laughs> there will be. <laughs> it's going to be in um, a lame part of Brooklyn, though. It's going to be in freaking Williamsburg. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's a, they're opening in Fulton or something. Oh, really? That would be great. Yeah. That would be badass. <laughs> all right. So, all right. We covered soup. Yeah. My only issue with... <laughs> My only issue with the soup thing is that, like, if you get like a fly in it, first of all, how do you know? Second of all, you got to call you over and stuff, and it's a whole thing. And yeah, do people ever send food back? That's a good question. All the freaking time. Also, like, they try to talk to me. Like, I'll say the, that's the most annoying thing, really, of anything is like we do everything by paper. I'll come up to them and I'll say, you know, all right, well, once the movie starts, you can only talk to me by writing me notes. And I try to make it a positive thing. I'm like, yo, it's it's actually really cool, you know, like because you can write notes to your friends like you're in high school and you guys can write like a whole book about this movie. You can like review this movie to each other without saying a word and then you can leave it on the table and I'll read it later and that'll be awesome. But They'll just try to call me over. Like, they'll put the order card in the rail so it looks like they wrote something. And then I'll walk over and there's nothing on it. And they'll be like, hey, can I can I get a refill on, on my soda? And I'm like, why didn't you write it down? Like, that's the whole point. It's pretty <laughs> ingenious, though. I like that. The fake out. It's all the time. And it drives me <laughs> insane. Because they and, do it once and they see it works. And then they're never not doing it. Yeah. And it's like, so then I have to be like, you know, I'm going to kick you out, right? If you do that again. <laughs> have you ever kicked anybody out? Um, I don't personally get to do it. What happens is basically the way it works is if I hear people talking or if I see them texting really brightly where it's lighting up everything, then I tell a manager and then I go and I tell them to stop. And then if they don't stop after I've told them to stop, the manager comes and like kicks them out. So it's basically like a two strikes type right. of situation. Are they usually and, like belligerent about it or do they? Do yeah, they're usually pretty pissed. Sometimes they're pretty cool about it. Like rarely, but sometimes. Yeah. A lot of the time they're just really flabbergasted that that's even a thing. Right. Like, they're usually just like, I can't talk during the movie. Are you kidding? <laughs> and I'm like. Well, I'm glad that like somebody's enforcing that because <laughs> it seems like with most theaters, like you can do pretty much anything and they're not going to kick you out. Like, have you ever seen anybody get kicked out of a theater, Jenna? I can't even remember that of that ever occurring. I don't know that I have personally. I mean, I've I've wanted to kick people out. Yeah, but, but I've never seen it like enforced or anything. Nah, I think you have to be a real jerk. Because I remember I, I've been to a theater once where I saw these people were, were sitting behind us. I had sat down actually with my mother at the time. My mother at the time, who was still my mother. She's not your mother anymore. <laughs> you got a new one? Oh, dear. <laughs> no, um, so my mom and I sat down and... These people behind us were just so loud. They were so loud. The movie didn't even start yet, but it was a type of thing of like, yeah, this is going to be a problem. So we just moved. And they were also like kicking shit. They were just fucking loud. 
So we moved and then they like poured their drinks like on the seat in front of them. Like clearly were trying to get rid of us and then like poured their drinks. And then I think just sealing the deal or something. Yeah, yeah. I think my mom might have gone because I was a child at the time. I like like this is like a clear memory. She was you your know? mom at the time. You were a child <laughs> at the time. Who this are you now, Jenna? Like Who knows? London or whatever with the. Oh, no, like that was help? that happened, too. But that was that was just those kids trying to beat me up. <laughs> You got oh, beat yeah. up in London? No, remember, I, I, there's this, this is an old podcast, so I recommend going back and listening to it. I think it was yeah, a I movie gotta go theater back podcast. Yeah, I got to go back and uh, check that one out. Which yeah, one Cody. Was that? <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, well, there were these kids were throwing shit at the screen, and I just got super Brooklyn on them because oh, yeah, it was yeah, in yeah. London. I was like, yo, like, sit the fuck down. Yeah. And then, like, they, they stopped, actually. But then afterwards, they were, like, waiting around for me, and I had to go out the back exit. Nice. I love that one so much, I, like, told my friends about it at <laughs> I was like, I was like, there's this girl in Brooklyn and she's all like, hey, kids, shut the fuck up. And I, so, <laughs> it's like the so legend nice. of Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like, yeah, right on, right on. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I have, I have way, had way more balls in, in London about it. I think if I did it here, I'd probably just <laughs> get murdered. Yeah, I wouldn't fly here. You probably wouldn't even be as prone to do it in the first place, you know? Yeah, it'd probably be like, ah, be intimidated. <laughs> but yeah, London people, you know, yeah, you could take them. <laughs> So how about uh, how about booze? What are the, the restrictions on booze there? Oh, there's hella booze. Um, <laughs> actually, it's like <laughs> this is all booze. It's mostly it's just, just a front like, for booze. Nobody was, gets any food. It's just yeah, booze. it's a mob front, man. Like, the soup is actually just vodka. <laughs> yeah, dude. Actually, we have milkshakes with booze in them. Oh hey. man, those are good. All right. <laughs> yeah, those get you fucked though. They get you messed up. See, we should have flown her out here because she could have catered this damn podcast <laughs> right now. We could have been all enjoying food as we talk yeah, about all sorts of shit. So wait, so booze, booze is like big there. People like the drinking. Yeah, it's great. I mean, like it's called the Draft House because we're supposed to have a lot of draft beer, and we do. It's it's great. We have a lot of craft beers, but we also have. You can get shots of things, or you can put shots of things in things, or you can get mixed drinks, or you can get like like I said, shakes with booze in them, or whatever. I've had I've had people, but that's get- just when you're working because they call you over. They're like, "Let me get a splash of Jaeger in here." And you're it's like, Jaeger and my kale soup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's the know. what's the drink minimum there? Well, there's no minimum. Well, the way it works is like I have to use my judgment. So if there's yeah, like, but if you've been drinking, how are you going to do that? <laughs> uh, if I uh, if I notice that somebody is drunk, or if I notice that they've had a lot of drinks, or they haven't eaten anything and they've drank, or something like that, like there's just a bunch of factors then I cut them off or whatever because I could get arrested if they go home and like get in a car accident or something yeah. because too much alcohol. Like that's on me. I would get in trouble. What's um, the drunkest person you've ever seen at the Alamo Draft House? <laughs> the drunkest people will like ask me weird questions usually. They'll ask me like what's going on in the movie. <laughs> Who's that <laughs> tiny man? <laughs> the one on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like they'll fall asleep on each other during the movie. Or they'll t- they'll like write on the tip receipt that I'm beautiful. That's that's a really great without one. no with no tip. <laughs> like it depends. <laughs> like I don't know. They'll get like a bucket of beer or like two pitchers of beer, and then they'll be like, "Oh, you're beautiful." Ah. And like I'm just like, ah. What's like, like a notoriously kind of like drunk genre? You, I want to know what a bad tipping movie comedy. is. Comedy Which is it, a drunk genre. That makes sense. I know you guys were like talking about how. Like, I don't remember if it was just you, Cody, or if it was like on another podcast, but like talking about 
just like how comedy kind of doesn't really get enough love as far as like th- like thinking itself out. I think that a lot of people just assume that when they go to a comedy, they're not going to an actual movie, even right. though a lot of them, like there's a lot of thought behind some of this stuff. Like like with Dumb and Dumber 2, that's one of the comedies we've shown lately. And a lot of people go to it thinking that they can just talk through it and just kind of sit there and they're kind of just like the movie's secondary. But I mean, there's a lot of parts where I'm like, that was kind of clever, you know, and I kind of feel bad for the movie sometimes or with a lot of these comedies, actually. Yeah, I guess it's like they get used to watching stuff at home. That's comedies like other movies like Interstellar. They they're like, well, I better not say anything because this is super serious and the music is swelling really loud. And like that means I'm not supposed to say anything. So you you like you, you catch like little blips of these movies as you're working. Oh, like crazy. So like you're seeing like five minutes at a time and stuff. What's that like? Well, that's like the best part, really. That's like what I learned the most from is just that I'm walking in and out of these movies because I really have to be in there like the whole time. I'm just out for a second to go get something for someone. Right. And like it's almost like being in a like the biggest living room ever and like all your friends are watching a movie and you're like bringing them stuff. It's almost like being a housewife or something. But um, like, like I'll just, uh, it's not just that I see parts of the movies, it's that I see them over and over again, almost like an editor would. Right. So, yeah. In fact, like I'm really freaking jaded because of this. And I was already, I already had this thing when I started like, working at the movie theater where I didn't really like new movies very much because I mostly would go back and watch old ones um, because new ones just seemed shitty. Like they seemed like they weren't really coming out with anything good. And like, so I wouldn't really go see any movies, but then I was like, okay, I work at this movie theater. I get into movies for free, but I don't have a lot of time to go see them. And I just like watch these parts over and over. And I'd assume based on like what I'd heard about a movie or like seeing little bits of it that it wasn't going to be good or that it was going to be good. Recently with uh, Theory of Everything, what's weird is, you know, that Stephen Hawking. Uh, yeah, Stephen- I yeah. saw that. I, I didn't really like it. Yeah, well, I had a weird experience with it. It was like it's like I was standing in the back of it, like uh, serving in it and stuff. And there weren't that many people. So I was just kind of like standing there watching people to see if they were going to put up order cards. It was really awkward. And um, there are these parts. And it honestly just like that kind of made me break down to tears. But like. It felt weird because I wasn't sitting down watching it, so it felt like that shouldn't be happening. But then, like, later I went and sat down and watched it, thinking it was going to be really great because it moved me so much. And I didn't really feel very much. I guess just because I'd seen it so many times, I was just like, I don't really... This is, It's like the act... I could tell the acting was good on... Um, forget his name, like, whatever... Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, Eddie Redmayne, like... Redman's in that movie? Yeah. Method yeah. Man and Redman? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, freaking guy from... Uh, Les Miserables. Yeah, Les Miserables. That was some uh, spot-on pronunciation. <laughs> Hold on, let's do a quick Les Miserables <laughs> off. Let's see which of you can do a better Les Miserables. She has a French last name. I know, she's probably going to win, but let, let, Jenna, do it again. Les Miserables. That was pretty good. Okay, <laughs> Chloe, your turn. Les Miserables. Oh man, she oh, fucking that was won. Sexy. Jeez. <laughs> Things are happening to me right now. <laughs> I gotta cut this short. Um, That's funny. You know, I I wonder if it's because when I watched that movie, I thought it was such a formulaic kind of boring film. It, you have interesting people. You know, this sort of interesting thing happens to him, but it was almost like Titanic. Like you knew the worst thing that was gonna happen, right? Because like yeah. he's freaking Stephen Hawking. Like you know the worst thing that ever happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, Lou Gehrig's disease, but. Like, 
it wasn't a bad, yeah, the acting was okay. And like, it had these moments. I thought that movie actually as a, on a side note, probably would have been better had it been told from the perspective of his wife and uh-huh. had it more of a tragedy for her and sort of that yep. she go going in knowing that it's going to fail and then having it fail and then it being even like harder than she anticipated, but still loving him and like maybe even putting him in maybe a sort of bad light in a, in a way. Because there's plenty of to, to flesh out. I think that they were afraid to because it was Stephen Hawking, you know, like no one wants to be the guy who called Stephen Hawking a dick, you know, <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting that you were, you were saying, um, Chloe, about liking the parts of it more than liking it on whole, because I wonder if it's because you are feeding in your own maybe life experience to these moments and it had oh, good definitely. moments. Yeah, definitely. Like, actually, it's interesting that you say that about like her perspective and about like making him look bad and stuff. I've had I've heard I've read reviews and I've actually had a lot of my coworkers say the same thing. Um, it's just that what was interesting to me about that is it almost feels like they do do that. Like a lot of it, like people have been hailing Felicity Jones, like saying that she did a really good job and that like you can really feel for her in the movie and everything. Like a lot of my coworkers, like when we were watching the trailer for it, they would yell out like, spoiler, he cheats on his wife and shit like that, you know, like, and I'd be like, well, yeah, it shows that in the movie. It The whole thing happens in the movie, like, and he kind of looks like, kind of like he has a God complex in the movie. And because it's like he's not expecting to live this long, you know, and then all this stuff happens where he just like has this massive success. And it's almost like he thinks I can do anything because I am overcoming this and I can do whatever I want, despite that I'm in a wheelchair. It's kind of like nothing can stop him. And you kind of see how it seems like he's using his family in a way. But that's and, why I wanted to see more of a, that that kind of downfall. I feel like it that just kind of goes up and then they both sort of part ways. Apparently Hawking's uh second wife like abused him or something. Wow. And so like there's all this also drama. I feel like there was a little more drama that they could have used and they just kind of kept that crutch of like one disease, which is terrible. Like I'm not trying to it sucks, you right. know. Sorry, Stephen, but I have a question about the movie. Yeah. You know how with like biopics like the people try and do like the person's voice and stuff like with like, uh, you know, Lincoln and Daniel Day Lewis and stuff. Well, in this case, they just have to use that fucking computer program that he used and then they have his voice completely perfect. Did they do that in the movie? Oh, yeah. They just had his perfect voice. You don't have to do any work. They did. But it's amazing. Like, you I just download like- it. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah, they should have credited the computer. Yeah, I think they said it was like what it used to be like an answering machine at first, like before they made it. Right. Yeah. In the movie, he says, oh, they're they're like, what do you mean? It's American voice. And the guy's like, tough shit. (laughs) (laughs) It never gets referenced again. They never try to make it like an English voice ever. No, like actually his acting, though, when he's like, it's really like kind of heartbreaking when he's trying to like talk and stuff and like that transition between him being able to talk and not being able to talk. I feel like to me that part, that's probably like the best thing about the movie is just like how well he pulls that off. Yeah, the, um, he does a good job of it. I just thought that, that that didn't have as much like drama. It didn't have any weight. I mean, besides like just sort of like you feel bad about it. You're like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to be in that situation. But it's also, again, it's like the, that's what you know is going to happen. You know, like you're. It's predictable. Yeah, yeah you're when braced the, for it. When the computer voice comes in, you're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah. You know, like transformed now. Yeah. yeah. 
So what would what would you give it, Chloe, out of like five? Out of five oh, whatever is apples, peanuts, pears, uh, pineapples, stars, whatever the thing is. Oh god. Um probably like three out of five. Three what? Three uh computer voice buttons. All right. Um, and Jenna, what would you give it out of five? I gave it two. Two what? Two computer voices. You just copied hers. Fine, I'll do a different one. Two big bangs. Two big bangs? <laughs> I like that. Hey, I give it two big bangs. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break real quick, then we'll come back, ask some, uh, I mean, answer. We're not going to ask questions. We're going to answer questions. People send in questions. We answer them. That's that whole thing. And uh, see you soon. And now, in defense of Yonkers... John D'Amico. Fuck the three of you Brooklyn snobs. Yonkers is a fine place with a fascinating though troubled history. It has a proud Irish and Jewish heritage. It was very nearly the sixth borough of the city of New York, but it turned that down. Though the northern half of the Bronx, the Riverdale region, was once the southern part of Yonkers. The elevator was invented in Yonkers. My grandfather's gas station, his, his business, was in Yonkers which put food on the D'Amico table for a generation. The Yonkers Alamo Draft House is a great theater with good programming and good food and a much better layout than the cramped Nighthawk Theater, which is the Brooklyn equivalent. And it is very Brooklyn of the three of you to have the second best example of something around and assume it's the best. This has been A Defense of Yonkers by John D'Amico. Now, back to the show. And we're back. All right. First question. Jason asks thoughts on Interstellar and also thoughts on, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey's kind of renaissance in general that we're experiencing. I didn't see Interstellar. Jenna, did you see that? I, I keep getting pushed back. I keep wanting to see it and I keep getting pushed back. Pushback physically? Yes. Are they <laughs> barring you I... from the theater? Were you drinking at the old, the old Alamo draft house? Yeah, you know. You know how it is. I brought her so many winter grinds. What's a winter good. grind? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> I could go for it's some like winter coffee. grinding. It's a delicious coffee beer that makes you have, it's like Ooh. caffeine and and coffee, or caffeine and uh, beer at the same time. So you're all like, yeah, I'm going to do shit. Next time we got to have <laughs> Chloe in person. I'll just bring a lot of winter grind. Did you see any, did you see Interstellar? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of like that thing that um, Ned Martin or was it Ned Martin? I don't remember the guy. The guy you had on about movie theaters before he was talking about how yeah Ned like, Martin. Yeah, he was like talking about how they're kind of like watching a car crash or whatever. Uh, Interstellar kind of feels like that because it's like you expect it to be really great, but then it's kind of I don't know. I think it really has the really weird thing about that one is that everybody was I was reading reviews of it and everybody was saying how they didn't like all this time travel stuff that happened. They didn't like all the stuff about love and everything, and they thought it was cheesy. I Who doesn't actually, like love? Love is I know, great. Right? I know. I I love love time travel stuff. But like I, I was saying, I was thinking, I really like that stuff, but I didn't like the rest of the movie. Hmm. Like all the stuff where they're talking about like, um, like basically any part with Anne Hathaway in it, um, like not because of her or anything, but just like all the stuff they talk about. And, Let's be and, honest, because of her. No, she doesn't suck. It's it's just because she was in Les Misérables. But um, yeah, whoa, 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 say it again, say it again. <laughs> Les Misérables. 
Oh, oh no, come it's, on. It's never going to be the same. We had that <laughs> one perfect sound bite. <laughs> I'm going to isolate and use as my ringtone. We're never going to get another one as perfect. Oh, Lord. So what um, was what was the, the deal with her part? It wasn't so good. It's not even just her part. It's like every part that doesn't have anything to do with like this bookshelf. Like, like it's funny because, okay, there's like this thing between like Matthew McConaughey and his daughter in this bookshelf. Like, there's just a thing about, like, quantum love with, like, a bookshelf. <laughs> and, um, like, it's it's funny because people were all like, oh, that sucks. That's so cheesy and, like, obvious and, like, foreshadowed. And I was like, but that's so cool. I love anything about time travel and love because yeah. it's like travel is already about love. I mean, like, any time travel movie you see. You is go gonna- back because of love. You don't go back to kill Hitler. You go exactly. back to get some lady. To kiss Hitler. <laughs> yeah, go back to kiss him. <laughs> yeah, that's just because maybe he won't do it anymore. Maybe he'll just realize he'll see the light. That's when he, he didn't need to die. He just, he just needed some love. You know, it's yeah. funny, like Christopher Nolan movies, and I, I can't remember if we talked about this in a podcast. We've, we've surely trashed him before. <laughs> but I feel like all of his movies are about like what you're saying about you, how like you liked the sort of maybe more human aspect, but you didn't like the rest of it. I feel like he does this sort of thing of like, hey, guys, I got a great idea. Now, let me tell yeah. you about He's it. He's like selling you on the premise hours. the whole goddamn movie yeah, with any of his do stuff. it, man. Like, just freaking show me some time travel and shut up. Uh, the rest of the movie is that he just explains and explains and explains and like the music is really cool and everybody was talking about like how great the music is I agree it's really pretty but like that music is overlaid on top of just like all this like this is happening and this is happening too and did you know this is also happening and here's how and like it just makes me sad because I'm like this would have been really cool if like they just would have shut the hell up. It's like that thing with Harry, how he's talking about how zombie movies like explain themselves or whatever. And like mm. they're for like those guys who can't enjoy a zombie movie unless they like know how it would happen in real life or whatever. Yeah, she's referring to the, the Harry Brewis piece uh, on like tactical realism and zombie movies, yes. which is a hell of a good piece. You guys got to check it out if you haven't heard it. It's like the freaking science fiction movies now or tactical realism. And it's like, dude, like just like you were explaining with Donnie Darko and how like people are always trying to figure out Donnie Darko. Yep. It's the way the time travel works isn't the point. Like it's it's not these diagrams and shit. It's the fact that time travel is love. And like, yep. it's just funny to me that that's what people were dogging on that. Yeah, that's I mean, my whole thing on uh, Donnie Darko is that the whole point of that movie is that it's not supposed to be able to be solved. It's supposed to be convoluted because it's being used as all the science fiction is being used as a metaphor for how confusing being a teenager is. That's the whole point of it. It's not it's not a fucking puzzle. People treat movies like they're puzzles, like they're fucking Rubik's Cubes and they're not. You read these like giant essays online. People breaking shit down on like Primer. There are like infographics on the movie Primer. I hate Primer. Where it's like, all right, this guy went here and this guy went there and this happened and that, that and this is a timeline. It's like, fuck you, dude. Just sit down and watch the movie. It's kind of a weird like movie where you're not supposed to get everything. You know? I think for Primer, I think that's exactly what they wanted, though. I think of all the movies, that's what they wanted for that. I, I thought that until I saw his next one because his next is a, what was it, Upstream Color? Upstream. you're not supposed to get everything and it's pretty straightforward in that regard and i think that's just his vibe i think primer was supposed to be that way and then its entire fan base became all these fucking puzzle solving geeks online 
who have to break everything down in order to enjoy something. See, Primer, I just thought was like a an engineer's wet dream kind of movie. Well, I, he was an engineer, right? Yeah, yeah, could, yeah, it could be. You could be right on that. But I didn't see his new one because I hated Primer so much. It's got <laughs> the first like act of it is fucking amazing, and then it gets really yeah. bad. And the problem that he runs into, ironically, is that he tries to bring like love into the equation, and he's so inept at handling that that it's just terrible. And if he had just stuck to like the interesting first act premise for Upstream Color, it would have been really good. I wrote a piece on it. Uh, you should probably read it, Jenna. Okay, maybe. You know, I go into it a little <laughs> bit more in depth. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just a problem with that one. But, well, uh, you know, so to, to go back to old McConaughey. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that guy. You know, it's, I, yeah, that's how I type his name. That was a Jewish version of the sun. <laughs> yeah, maybe. In the spirit of the season. <laughs> Look at him. But um, McConaughey, I, I'm sort of on the fence about whether he, at first I was like, yeah, McConaughey's back and he's like doing some new shit because I love True Detective. And I loved him very specifically. I think he made that whole show. Oh, I just owned that he whole He was awesome i still haven't seen that but but then like everything since he's kind of just doing the same exact thing so now i'm a little like huh maybe like he had that one great thing and now he's just kind of stuck there i do think that people are overrating him just because they're impressed that he's doing what he's doing that he's doing what quote unquote better stuff but I always, you know, he's always been a competent actor. He's never been somebody yeah. where you're like, oh, he literally can't act. He's not like Hayden Christensen or something. <laughs> like he's always been competent. He's always been in stuff. And you're like, all right, I'm watching a movie and that's a character. And I enjoy. Yeah, he's never been the bad person. part of the movie. The movies have no. just been kind of bleh. It's just that he's he's either he's got a different agent or a different manager or something. Or he's just deciding to pick different stuff. But he's picking better stuff. But a role like True Detective is... You know, it's kind of like the roles for people on the wire where it's a once in a lifetime thing. And, you know, people are like, well, where's uh, this guy now? Like, why isn't he getting stuff? It's like, no, you get those roles like once ever, if you're lucky. And McConaughey got that. But like people are trying to lump in like Dallas Buyers Club and stuff. And, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff he did, like even like Lincoln Lawyer. They'll like reach back to that and be like, yeah, he's great. Or like that one he did with uh, Friedkin or... uh, Something I forget, uh, killing joke or killing something or somebody died or whatever the name of that <laughs> movie is. Joke. Somebody or died. There's okay. some, yeah, yeah there's some movie. It, it's close enough to that that people will know what I'm talking about. But people are like heralding his performances and damn near everything. And it's just, it's not exactly warranted. I didn't think he was bad in Dallas Spires Club. I don't think he's a, he's capable of just turning in a terrible performance but you overrate shit just because it's in the proximity to other stuff that's like really, really fucking good, like True Detective. His Lincoln commercials make me cry laughing. <laughs> Those are amazing. They are, they are like, just they gave him some peyote. They were like, come on, man, just do it. Like drive, <laughs> <laughs> drive the car for five yeah. hours. We'll get something some, good. Yeah, we we'll get something. five minutes that we can use. That one with the bull is like, it's not even a car commercial. Yeah. <laughs> it's just him with a bull. And then he just drives away. Like he could drive off a cliff at the end of that. But I, be fe- like, Fine. I fear that what's going to happen to him is like the Christopher Walken thing where he's just going to become this parody of himself. You know, oh, people, I would say that uh, that's more like a Tom Cruise kind of. Well, that yeah, that too. But you know, I, the thing about walking, like people forget that he, at a one point, oh, he's a great actor. He had amazing range, like in that movie at close range and a bunch of other stuff, like Dead Zone. Yeah, he's a great actor, but now he's just Christopher Walken. Yeah, he's people cameo. just do his voice, and he's just a guy that walks in, and you know, he's <laughs> fucking Captain Hook on TV. So 
you know, he's kind of a joke now, but he's he's a tremendous actor. Yeah, but what are your, I don't know. Chloe, what are your thoughts on McConaughey as of late? I didn't see True Detective, even though people have been telling me like crazy that I need to because apparently it's right up my alley or oh, something. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. I've, I didn't see Dallas Buyers Club, but I, you know, I walked into that a lot. But I, more than anything, I walked into, like I worked uh, at Wolf of Wall Street a lot, which I know you hated, Jenna. He was um, great in that, actually, though. His, that cameo was awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Like, I just remember I saw the part where he's like beating on his chest and like singing, like telling the guy to like do coke and masturbate a lot. Like I saw that part like a million times because (laughs) I walked into it. So like, and it was really weird because it was literally just like five times a day of me walking into him going like, ooh, and like beating on his chest. And that's like his only (laughs) scene in that movie. He doesn't come back after that. (laughs) He has what one scene. Like that's like almost, that's like its its own Lincoln Town Car commercial. So Chloe, did you like him in Interstellar? He was good, but at the same time, it's like he just, it's almost like they use it as an excuse that he's in it to mm. not explain the character, you know, because they're like, well, he's Matthew McConaughey. He's like a shorthand now. That's the problem. Yeah. So these yeah. actors just become these like visual shorthands, like Leonardo There's, DiCaprio, same fucking thing. Right. There's still like these excellent parts, like I said, like where he's really emotional and you feel for him. Mm. But like, there's no like background for that. It's basically just that he's a good actor, which I guess like that says something for him, you know, that, that you can be watching like all this shit and there's just nothing about him, but all this explaining of like random crap. And then you see him cry and you cry like despite all of that. So that, yeah, he's a good actor. He's, he's good, but it's just, he's not being put in context that makes sense. I guess. I think we've talked enough about him. All right, so next question is from Katie, and she asks, knowing what we know about Jurassic World, is it safe to assume that the new Star Wars is basically just going to be episode four, but with a hybrid Darth Vader? And I didn't see the Jurassic World trailer. Did anybody here see that? So I don't know what she's talking about. Is what she said funny? I don't understand. Like, apparently there's going to be some hybrid dinosaur in Jurassic World. That's like the big thing. It's a hybrid dinosaur. I don't know, but I heard... Somebody told me that apparently the original was meant to be a hybrid dinosaur with a person. The original version uh, of, yeah, the, four. Of, of this new yeah. movie, the original script. It's going to be what? The original script was meant to be like a hybrid of a person and a dinosaur. What? And yeah. And then I think Did they, they show they the thought, actual sex. <laughs> Is that <laughs> act was, one? Uh, no, that would be, that would be sex. That would be a great movie it. actually. Mr. DNA. But, um, <laughs> now it's just two dinosaurs, I think, but they don't tell you what because that's like the big reveal. What? It's two dinosaurs that are yeah, put together. Two two dinosaurs. Just so going we, at it. Do we see that? <laughs> so, are we excited about Jurassic World? I think it looks terrible. I love I, Jurassic I, Park. I'm excited at all? Two and three, I, not I so good. No, so terrible. Can't be going into four with too much uh, expectation. I and I don't care about freaking Chris Pratt right now. You know, like he's funny. Chris Pratt's in it? Yeah. You know, like he's also the other big guy. That leads into question number three, actually. Let me just read question number three. We'll sort of hybrid these like a dinosaur. We'll put the two questions together, (laughs) make them have sex and see what comes out. Yeah. Devin asks, uh, what the fuck is up with Chris Pratt and everything lately? It's just because of he lost weight and then was in a superhero (laughs) movie. That's all you got to do, right? That's it. People love that shit, but you know what? It didn't work friendly. for didn't work for Seth Rogen. He lost weight. He was in Green Hornet. Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> Everybody was pissed off. They hated I think the movie. Chris Pratt got 
more attractive. And Seth Rogen just looked and he just like looks Seth like Rogen. Thinner Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> looked like Seth Rogen in a funhouse mirror. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Burn. Burn. Take that, it's Seth. It's a comedy roast of Seth Rogen. Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of like the, the McConaughey thing of like, all right, like, yeah, he was in this one movie and he was like kind of like a good humored guy. And now every movie he's in, he's going to be the good humored hero. Where did he come from? He was from Parks and Rec or something? That was my first. I mean, I think he might have been around in other capacities, but yeah, he's a comedian. But he was fat at some point? He wasn't ever fat. He was just sort of out of shape. Well, that doesn't count. He's yeah. got to be like that guy on fucking Mike and Molly or something, you know? <laughs> no, it doesn't count. Like, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. There's like a before and after. Like, you know, like Zach Galifianakis, actually. It was kind of like that. What What do you mean? He lost a ton of weight recently. Did he? Oh, yeah. He used to be slim. Back when he did uh, the VH1 show, like around like 2001 and He's nobody like, knew who he was. He was like a slimmer guy. That's good. Yeah. But yeah, do you like Chris Pratt, Chloe? Are you a Chris Pratt fan? Do you have a Chris Pratt fan page? I I didn't really give a shit about Chris Pratt before Guardians of the Galaxy. I still don't really give a shit about him now, but I liked him in Guardians. Like, that movie was, it was fun, you know? Like, he, I really like the part in the beginning where he's, like, dancing with his Walkman and shit. But I feel like he just works for that movie. Because that character is just kind of, it seems like that's just his character or whatever. But so now they're trying to like carry him around. Right. So it's like the McConaughey thing where that's like his yeah. true detective. And yeah. he's kind yeah. of stuck with that. And that's that. We yeah. like a lot of non-threatening male leads lately. That's like the new we, thing. By we, do you mean the ladies? <laughs> I meant like um, <laughs> the current crowd, but maybe the ladies. I think but uh, men like Chris Pratt too. But I'm thinking of Benedict Cumberbatch. That's probably the thing with Chris Pratt is that the guys are like, all right, you can like him because he's not like too attractive. You know, Maybe. it still gives me a shot. <laughs> See, like all the other, I don't talk to ladies a lot, Jenna. This is like the first time I've spoken to another female in years. <laughs> can we talk but, about our uh, periods? You guys are going to sync uh, up now. Uh, I'll be no, asking like, you to do a podcast. And you're like, nah, I can't. I'll ask Chloe and like, nah, I can't. And it's like, damn it. We're both they fucking synced up. Today. Wait, so Chris but, Pratt, is he attractive? He's cute, but he's like, he's like friendly cute. That's what I'm saying. He's not like, we don't really have these leading men that are like man's man, like sexy anymore. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think like, cause even someone like, like Robert Downey Jr. Who I feel like has become this big, like, you know, sort of. But he's like five two. But yeah, he's, he's kind of goofy and he's more like witty than he is even attractive. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And Benedict Cumberbatch, who's a weirdo. He looks super bizarre, but like there's something insanely attractive. Like I don't Is there really? Oh Yeah. Wait, what oh, is it? What does he exude? Like Sherlock. But you can picture Sherlock's. him actually on top of you. <laughs> like, because I, I can't. <laughs> but I think that's not, that's the thing is that you don't want, now it's like moving away from the picturing a guy on top of you. And it's more about like picturing like, like snuggling or like You'd him s- like. You can picture snuggling with Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, I'd snuggle all up in that batch. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I can't picture it. I mean, like, I think that. The thing with even even the ones that are if there is a manly man's man or whatever now they make him they make him like a cartoon of that to make fun of it because they're afraid it seems like they're afraid to have just like a guy. What about like the like, Thor guy? Is he attractive? Oh, he's hot, uh, but he's he also a little dopey. Yeah, he looks inflatable, like the, <laughs> <laughs> the muscles. Yeah, like, he's like a he Stretch looks, Armstrong. 
Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, no, like, yeah, like the muscles and stuff. There's even a scene in that movie where, like, somebody's, like, touching his muscles and speaking of them. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, what's that chick you like, Cody? The, the... The girl who's in Thor for for a little bit. Oh, Cat oh, Dennings. Yeah. Oh, Kat my Dennings. God. Like, oh, God, Cat Dennings. But even, but no, you know, like, like oh. something like Magic Mike, which is about, like, you know, male strippers, which you think would be kind of like, you know, all about sex. But, like, male strippers are silly. Yeah, what do you guys think of Channing <laughs> I Tatum? I, he doesn't do it for me. Nothing? Dude, honestly, like, none of these guys do it for me. Like, I, I haven't felt anything for for a male, like, in a film since probably, like... Matthew Broderick and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Jesus. Like, happened before I was... Like, he's happened? also silly, though. But I like him. But he's like Paul McCartney. He's like babyface cute. Yeah. But now but now even Matthew Broderick has gone soft. Like, now Matthew Broderick has, like, this weird... Like, he's taken his... His face his, is, his, like, weird. Consistent. It's taken on, like, a weird consistency, his <laughs> he's face. He's taken on, like, I'm a musical guy, but I'm not gay type. Yeah, he's doing the Hugh Jackman <laughs> thing. He's always done That's theater, cool. though. Hasn't he? Oh, Broderick? Hugh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. But it's like they become that just synonymous with it. Like, when, when's Broderick been in some fucking thing that's not that? You know, it's weird. Oh, yeah. No, he's all musicals now. At least Hugh I Jackman kind of shakes it up a bit. But, uh, he's got claws once in a while. Yeah. I can't, I seriously can't think of any like male actor that I've been attracted to, though. Like, honestly, really weird thing is I got excited about. How to Train Your Dragon 2 playing in the theater while I was working it just because I liked the voice actor. I just liked his voice. Is like that, uh, what's his face? Um, oh, shoot. What's the name of that guy I, who's in uh, Undeclared and stuff? He's all I like, rah, rah, rah. you know that guy, right? <laughs> he's, in, he's in like the, he's in the super bad movies, like with Judd Apatow and stuff. He's like, eh, my hair is weird. Michael Sarah? <laughs> no, the other guy. Oh, shoot. Let me just look it up. You guys talk McLovin? about- no, talk about girl things. I'm going to look it up on the thing. <laughs> Tampons, cupcakes, boys with a Z. And then it went silent. <laughs> Keep talking. I'm, I have to look on the computer. I'll keep talking. You have I'm to pretty, look yeah, all right. Who, who, what, what, what guys are we attracted to? Jay Baruchel. That's his name. Who? Jay Baruchel. Nobody knows who that is. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. You, you've seen him in movies and TV. That's the voice actor? He's, he's the I've... voice of the How to Train Your Dragon Boy. And he's all like, eh, well, I don't know. That's like his whole thing. Like, shout out. I don't even think I was attracted to him. I think I just liked hearing his voice because it sounded a little bit like John D'Amico in the podcast. You have a thing for John D'Amico? Ooh, we're telling John. We got an exclusive scoop on Smug Film breaking news. <laughs> this just in. <laughs> I don't have a thing for John D'Amico. I just like the idea of the voice because I'm like, I'm like, oh, cool. That's that's they're gonna talk about cool shit and not like dumb shit. You now. think he's just gonna start talking about movies while he's on the dragon? <laughs> no, but I was like, this reminds me of this. I'm happy now. I mean, I don't know. This weird shit reminds you of shit. Whatever. Anyway, I did a fucking spot on Jay Baruchel <laughs> before, but neither of you are gonna appreciate it until you look him up later. But that was like eerily good. Anyway, so that's the uh, that's the end of the show, I guess. Right? Anybody else got anything to add? Any? Uh, parting words for the, uh, the listening audience if you liked two girls one cody yeah you should youtube two camels one car oh yeah you gotta look that up jenna showed me that earlier did you see that yet chloe yes i did that's basically what we sound like right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just like, ah, it's a very accurate depiction of my everyday life I, I think two girls one cody went well today that's pretty good yeah all right, y'all. You got any parting words, Chloe, for the audience? 
I like that when when I'm podcasting, it's not the same as a uh, as a regular talk show because like I can drink real coffee instead of water in a mug that like everybody's making fun of because like they everybody knows it's water in a mug. But I can just drink actual coffee, and then like throughout the podcast, as I drink more coffee, you can hear me get more caffeinated and less sleepy. This is a very long final thought. I like that I can do this podcast on the toilet. Yeah, Jenna's dropping a <laughs> deuce right now. With Cody yeah. in the room. I'm peeing in the sink. She's she's <laughs> dropping trap. All right, my fi- <laughs> <laughs> All right, my final thought is uh, have a nice day, everybody. Not just Jenna and Chloe, but everybody listening at home, I suppose. All right? <laughs> yeah. So- we softened him with our feminine I know. Miles. All this estrogen flowing through me. <laughs> All right, y'all. See you guys next time. Everybody say bye. 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 Bye.